0: It may be Saturday, but we promise to be your team every day here on the Locked On Network, and therefore, it's mailbag time. It's time to talk about all of the questions that you submitted that are most pressing to you pertaining to your Miami Dolphins. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Saturday, August 5th, 2023. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Want to tip the cap to the everydayers, those of you who are plugged in with us on a daily basis. Today's episode of Locked on Dolphins is brought to you by eBay Motors. Championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. So for the parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay's guaranteed fit. eBayMotors.com, let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit available only to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. So mailbag episode today. Heard from about 20 of you fine folks who have reached out courtesy of the Locked On Dolphins subtext community. I'll make sure to throw up, uh, if you are on the YouTube channel, the uh, banner that has the number that you can text into to interact with yours truly and talk a little Dolphins football in a one-on-one setting without the craziness of social media. And I kind of put it out there and was like, would love to hear from all of you guys. What do you want to talk about? Training camp, we're a week and a half in. Dolphins have had, I think, eight practices at this point in time. We have team scrimmage, lots of exciting stuff. So the mailbag is always a big hit. And I've heard a number of questions in regards to Cam Smith. And this one from Danny is where we're going to start. How impressed are you with Cam Smith, not only with his play, but his willingness to seek advice from veteran players? And are the Dolphins set in the future with him and Kater Kohu? I know I kind of got beat to the punch with this comment uh, by Travis Wingfield, the former host of this show who now does work for the team and does drive time podcast. Obviously it's a great show. Um, I cannot for the life of me. And I've been coming to training training campus credentialed media for the last three seasons uh, and have been to four total Miami dolphins training camps. I can't remember a, a rookie player who has made this many plays on the ball in the first week of training camp. (laughs) Now you'll have receivers that are targeted to catch the football and so on and so forth. It becomes much easier to touch the ball when you're an offensive player. But as far as defensive backs go, he was having two PBUs a practice and really, really good uh, recognition skills to be able to drive and trigger on throws and uh, attack the football. So I, I wouldn't go so far right now with just a week out to say that the Dolphins are set long term with their corners. But I do think they have a duo in Cam Smith and Cater Kohu, who, who have man coverage ability, who have instincts. I think Kate, from Cater's perspective, it's a little bit of um, continuing to amplify the ball skills and working on that element of his game, uh, where Cam, I, I think, is a little bit more instinctive. The ball skills are there. And it's adjusting to the NFL curve and having the reactive quickness and the route recognition of combinations. But I think Cam's well on his way to being somebody that I think you could could very much uh, regard as an answer for the Dolphins. Uh, so you feel good about a player who can come in and move the needle in the way that Cam Smith has right off the jump. That was not the only question we received in regards to Cam Smith. Um, there was, quote, Lots of chatter about Cam Smith limping off the field. Any idea if he got hurt? And I don't have any updates on Cam Smith. Let me say that. I know he slipped uh, on the concrete, on the back end, and the one-on-ones. That's my understanding of the situation. Um, here's the the part that I hate about live tweeting a practice. Is so much is happening so fast. And you and everybody's there. Are just firing off tweets that it's it's hard sometimes to maintain the context. It's hard sometimes to give proper scope. Now Cam Smith's injury might be a huge deal. It might be nothing at all, right? I remember like Bradley Chubb. They the point was made. I think on the Thursday practice, Bradley Chubb was walking off the practice, uh, shaking his arm, like moving his hand around, and everybody's like, "Oh, is Bradley Chubb hurt again?" And then he practiced yesterday, like no, no problems at all. Uh, Eric Ezukama got shook up and he did not practice, but he worked on the side. Um, So it's just that, that, that nature of live tweeting a practice, I think is really challenging to have proper scope on. And then somebody who's not reading along, somebody who's not at practice that somebody who's on social media sees Oh, Cam Smith injured, walked off at practice, and then they make a big deal about it. And then all the people that they make a big deal about. It. So it, it's kind of the it's one of the downsides to social media in the way that we have it now. I'm not saying that Cam Smith's totally fine. Uh, I don't know what the situation is with Cam Smith. I'm obviously keeping my fingers crossed that that he's good to go and just kind of tweak something and and they'll you rest him up for a week and he'll be fine. But um That is a component, especially of of training camp. And you see it across the league, right? Like Joe Burrow carted off and it became the national headline story after Jalen Ramsey got carted off. And now like Joe Burrow has a calf strain and is going to miss a few weeks. And Jalen Ramsey, while everyone was convinced it's an ACL, um, is trending to be back at some point in the middle of the season. So, um, I wish I had an update for Cam Smith to, to give everybody some peace of mind for those of us who have been following along uh, with that update as it was happening in yesterday's practice. But I do not have uh, anything in that regard. That's a good number or a good question from uh, 631. What stood out the most from a positive and negative aspect from your time at training camp? And I was down from Thursday of last week until after Tuesday's practice. So I got four practices in five days. I think the the standout in a positive light uh, for me was the Dolphins definitively have the talent to contend. You know, and I've been up in the mid-Atlantic area for quite some time. So I've gone to Eagles training camps. I've gone to Eagles games uh, when they're not playing at the same time as the Dolphins. And, and you know, the Eagles have been played in two Super Bowls in the last, what, six years? So you get a little bit more scope and perspective outside of your own bubble. I do think this is the best Dolphins team that the Dolphins have had in quite some time. Um. And then I also like the fact that the Dolphins were working on new things. The Dolphins didn't come out and run the same exact stuff that you saw them serve as their bread and butter last year. You know that's going to be bread and butter stuff. But you got to have other stuff that becomes bread and butter so that you're more balanced offensively. And I think that's where I was most encouraged. Now, defensively, I do think there is a a learning curve. All the players talked about the need for communication. Um, It's just something to be mindful of. I know some of the coverage of the big hits in the team sessions are are either miscommunications or somebody falls down or something like that. Um, So I think just being mindful that this is a new system that they are learning is something that I'm keeping in the back of my head as far as perspective for the Dolphins. Now, we have a lot of questions to dive into, which we are going to tackle one by one here on this mailbag episode of Locked on Dolphins, so stay plugged in with us. August is here, and you know what that means. It is officially the start of Fantasy Football Draft Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on Underdog Fantasy. All you have to do is one live snake draft with no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Try it out with Underdogs Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all times is back and even bigger with $15 million in total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million payout going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Visit UnderdogFantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code LOCKED ON to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code LOCKED ON on chugging along here next question that i have uh and it comes from a 501 number should the Dolphins sign jamarco jones who was just cut by the titans for fighting in training camp i like jamarco coming out of ohio state let me start there but with the state of affairs of that Tennessee Titans offensive line. And as bad as that is, if you got cut off that team and I don't care what the context of what it is, that's a flag for me. And I know he's kind of been a utility offensive lineman to this stage in his career. And they were kind of hopeful that he might end up starting because Nicholas Petit Freer is dealing with a uh, suspension for the start of the season. I don't know. We we heard Mike McDaniel and we heard Chris Greer kind of allude to on XM and in the press availabilities over the course of the past week the the chemistry component of building a team and the human element of each of these individuals being um, put into a locker room together and if Jones is that big of a problem in the midst of that big of a problem on the offensive line for the Titans I would probably pass like I I think between Kendall Lamb as a swing option. Isaiah Wynn potentially being a starter at guard, but having tackle flexibility. I don't know that he would move the needle and be anything more than your fifth offensive tackle anyway. So I'd probably pass. Next question comes eight to eight number in regards to Noah Igbenogany. This is the corner episode. Apparently of locked on dolphins with the fan mailbag, but. You now this this is a big question for a lot of Dolphins fans, and you understand why with how the season went last year. Noig Benagati has looked competent, as you mentioned. Is he roster worthy, and can he push to be CB three? So I think what you what we have to do is we have to compartmentalize your nickel corners separate from your outside corners, because I think between Xavier Howard, Eli Apple. Cam Smith and Noah Benogany, I think those are all ideally outside corners. I think Cam Smith could play in the nickel, but I think things happen a lot faster in there. There's a lot more layers we have to worry about as a rookie player. I'd like to see him stay outside. X can travel with guys in man-to-man situations, but this is not a man-to-man defense anymore. They'll play man. But it's not the identity of the team is not 80% of the time we're in cover one, right? Like like last year was so predominant with what they did uh, defensively. So I think you have Cater who can play inside, Jalen who can play inside. And whenever we see Ramsey back, we see Ramsey. Beyond that, I think you're probably into safeties for playing in the nickel and feeling re- really good about it unless Nick Needham makes a dramatic turn from his recovery for an Achilles because I think Nick is exclusively an inside guy. So I think Noah can be the fourth outside corner. Uh I would be surprised if he's ahead of Cam Smith and, and from a starting experience perspective I'd be surprised if he's ahead of Eli, Eli Apple to be honest. Now he's looked fine and he's gotten some run with the ones against the top players on the other side of the ball. So I'm not I think there's a, a, would be a pathway to argue for each one of those guys. And Noah, uh, he's certainly roster worthy with the way that he's playing right now because he's on the last year rookie deal and it's only a handful of million dollars and some of that's guaranteed money that are pro guaranteed salary cap hit. So it's not like they, that all of it could save a bunch. They could save it like a million dollars, but is that worth it versus having a 23 year old corner with how the corner room treated you last year? Probably not would be my two cents. So that's how that's how I am looking through Noah at this stage in time. Next question comes from Keith. Um he gave some nice words here so let me let me read the whole thing. Subtext platform is awesome for those who haven't tried it speaking directly to Kyle's awesome experience my question which rookies thank you Keith which rookies have shined in camp one on offense one on defense and one wild card one wild card Okay, uh, so my offensive player who has shined to this point in time, you see the bright flashes from A-Chain. Uh, I don't know that he's gotten a ton of run to really justify it right now or to to justify being my selection here. I'd go with, I'd probably go with Elijah Higgins. Um, I think A-Chain's a better NFL player right now than Elijah Higgins is, but Higgins is a little bit like you kind of get the field watching practice. They have a specific role in mind for Higgins and it's not one that can be filled by a bunch of the guys where you look at the running back room and you have a vet in Savon Ahmed, who's gotten run in this offense and Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. And it's like, okay, well, Devon, like you're obviously fresh legs. You're going to be a change of pass. You're going to be really valuable depth for us, but. How much of that is unique to a specific role offensively? Where I think Higgins actually, you can kind of see the vision for a role. Uh, defensively, it's Cam Smith. It's it's a no-brainer. So that's that one's pretty open shut. As far as a wild card, let me get back to you on that one. That's tough, and I don't want to bottleneck the whole show. I could sit here and probably think on that for a good five minutes. Six oh seven number. Heard there was an offensive line competition at left guard who is involved and who do we think will take it. Also haven't heard much about Austin Jackson. How is he doing? Uh, Austin's had his ups and downs. Um, I think the, the nature of the first week of practice is kind of getting guys isolated and doing one-on-one reps. And I don't ever think that's necessarily going to be a place where Austin really shines. um, but you get into some of the some of the team stuff, and you do see some bright moments uh, from Austin. Now, there's also communication and pass protection that I think continues to, to need to be sorted out. And then Austin, from an execution standpoint, uh, still has to add polish. And he's obviously working back from missing the time that he missed last year. So uh, we're to be determined as far as what the ceiling or the floor is there. I'm hoping for a modestly high floor because I think that you could get away with it. With the rest of the offensive line that you have as far as left guard um we know liam eikenberg's involved in that discussion i would assume and we didn't really start the rotation until thursday's practice so i have not been down and in attendance for any of those practices i have heard that at least one surprising competitor uh at at least got a couple reps with the ones from a couple of people that I reached out to. And uh, Dan Feeney, I know, has been involved in left guard quite a bit as well, him being somebody who can also snap and be your backup center. And you feel really good about his forecast to making the team as your sixth offensive lineman as a utility inside player. So I would say Lee Michael Burke, Dan Feeney right now. Are they just getting Isaiah Wynn's feet underneath of him? And is there somebody else in that discussion? Uh, I can't confirm or deny um, but I've heard there's a surprise player that at least got a couple of reps at the end of last week. Uh, 620 number, haven't heard any rumors really of the Dolphins showing interest in Jonathan Taylor. Have you? I have. Uh, I don't think that it's anything necessarily imminent. Um, Chris is always going to make phone calls, right? That's one thing that we know about Chris is he's going to do his due diligence and make phone calls. I've heard some rumors that there was some discussion about exploring a phone call. Uh, I'm not saying that there's anything trending or anything like that, and I certainly think the Dolphins, with their uh, roster construction and their outlook for 2024, it creates some challenges to actually being able to pull this off and justify doing it. Uh, Now, if the Colts end up softening on their stance and they they just want to move him, you know, do you take the one-year rental for what he's, he's currently owed in the last year of his rookie contract? Um, probably not for the draft selection, not unless you're flipping a player as one of the primary pieces going back to Indianapolis. So uh, I think there's some logistics there that would make that a challenge unless Miami's going to say, hey, we know we're going to have to give him a contract and there's player X, Y, or Z that's currently on the roster that needs a new deal that we think long-term Jonathan Taylor would be a better player to pay than that player. And I'd be surprised if that's the conclusion that they reached, to be honest. We have a bunch. Y'all brought it. So we are going to be right back and uh, stick with us. We got a bunch more questions here pertaining to your Miami Dolphins here as we work our way through into our second week of training camp. I saw this question. And got a good laugh out of it. So let me pull it up. It has to do with Ranger Ricks. It's from an 815 number. We see camp and preseason heroes every year. In the golf world, they're called Ranger Ricks. Is there any way you can determine who standout playing camp will translate to the regular season? It's a great question. As you, I mean, you even think about some of the... historical legends of Dolphins training camps that it, it never really clicked in a real live game setting for, right? And there's some guys that are practice stars, and then there's some guys that are gamers that are better when the lights come on. I don't have a definitive answer. I think my worry... My worry is that Robbie Chosen might be an off-season Ranger Rick for Miami just because he was all anybody talked about in OTAs, right? And then you get to training camp, and he's, he's hardly getting reps now. I know he's had a couple hits the last couple days, uh, but his reps are still pretty light versus the other guys. That goes one of two ways. Either the, the team um, wants to see the other guys more, or the team knows what they have in Robbie and wants to, you want to evaluate the other guys for a good way or for a bad way. I'm not really sure what way that cuts right now, but that's the name for me that I'm most leery about because it hasn't been a particularly successful run for Robbie in recent memory uh, in actual game settings. 403 number, uh, what Miami Dolphins-related fantasy football team name should I use this season? I'll tell you, somebody in Subtext had recommended for me, and I'm going to use it. And this is your permission to use it. I know not everybody loves this personality with the Dolphins, and you know it's neither here nor there. Uh, but grinding my Greers um, is absolutely going to me. Is me being like a, a draft junkie and uh, team building aficionado? Uh, to the Chris Greer grinding my Greers, and obviously I'm grinding the tape for my social media handle. It felt like a no-brainer for me. So that's that's the one I'm going to use this year. Oh, boy. 248 says, that's a lot. Pick your favorite. And he gave me five, five questions. So I'm going to read them all, and I'm going to pick one. Everybody gets one. Sounds like Liam is struggling, which sucks. Is there a route to him not making the roster? Question one. Question two. Haven't heard much from Andrew Van Ginkle or Jerome Baker. Are they playing their roles well and just going unnoticed, or, or, or are there no big plays? Three, what do you think about Brooks? Sounds like he's gaining steam. Chance he makes the roster over Ahmed or Gaskin. Four, I know we've talked a lot about the Wilkins contract, and he seems to be playing lights out and the start of camp. If you had to put a date on the expected contract extension, when do you think that is or not at all? Five, which is one depth position that you'd expect us to be searching other teams' player cuts to add to our roster? If o is your answer, please give me a different one, but acknowledge it. <laughs> Uh, I'll go with the the question three with Brooks Uh, because Chris Brooks played at Cal, transferred to BYU for one year as a grad transfer, really liked his tape. Uh, He's big back, 230-pound back, ripped off the big run on uh, Tuesday's practice of of this week. I think he does have an uphill climb because you have a fullback for short yardage situations. You have Durham Smythe who could take QB sneaks. Um, I don't think he's a great fit for all your outside work. Um, but if you're looking at a pure back, he's probably the, the best power back out of the bunch. But the fact that you are going to carry a fullback with Alec Ingold, and the fact that you have a tight end that can do QB sneak stuff, uh, I think creates this dynamic of of you might be surplus, especially with the skill that you have at tight end and the skill that you have at wide receiver that you want to carry on the roster. 919 number Kyle, love the training camp reports. Now that you're a credentialed media member, how does the media policy impact your content? I know you've talked a lot about personnel fits and potential roles, but now that you've peeked behind the curtain, does non-disclosure of what you've seen limit your ability to give your more informed thoughts? This is a good question. This is a a tightrope that you want to walk, right? Um, So there's some stuff that I saw at training camp that I'm not really going to disclose publicly because it's a courteous courtesy to the team. I've kind of alluded to some things. I hinted to some things. Um, but once we get into season, like I live in vanilla ice cream, Delaware, right? So I'll be going to games. And when I go to games, honestly, I would rather go to games and, and process the team and be a fan and actually root for the team uh, in a game setting. But training camps is kind of like an evaluation window where you're it's, it's team on team, right? And, and everybody's kind of getting prepped. So that for me is my opportunity to go down, be around the team, connect with some of the players, connect with personalities around the team, um, be a part of the media scrum in that setting. And then as you transition into the season, I do think my content creation probably, um, is a little different angle than traditionally on the beat. And that's on purpose, right? Because I don't live next to the team. So I have to find my own unique ways to deliver value to Dolphins fans. And that this is the way that I have found to do that. So at its core, um that's who I am always going to be. And that's the content we are always going to create. It's just a matter of when you're down for camp and you're getting ready for the season before they're putting anything on tape and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Yes, I I do try to put the filter on uh, as a courtesy to the team and and acknowledge that the team allowed me to come down as somebody who's not going to be on the beat full-time this year. So um, I'll allude, I'll hint, um, but I I won't give away all the secret sauce of the ingredients for what's going on right now. And obviously, you guys can find folks that are going as fans to the public practices who, um, through the... Uh, scaffolding of the practice stands in which it has the signs in the video that people are shooting a video that says no shooting, uh, no cell phones. uh, They'll give you that inside look. And I'll I'll let them kind of peel back um, that extra layer. So you guys, if if you want to go out and find it, you can probably go out and find it, regardless of what signage is up at the stadium. 818 number, got a couple more. The question, I'm sorry, let's look at it the wrong one. 863 number. 239 number. I'm clicking on these numbers and they're disappearing. I heard Holland was working with the corners at times. Do you think he could be used in the Ramsey role and have Jones and Elliott in the back? Thanks. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, I absolutely think that... Holland, if you go back to his resume at the University of Oregon, he lived in the nickel his second year there and was close to the line of scrimmage a lot. The question the Dolphins are going to have to answer is, what is more valuable? Having a star player in the star role on the defense, which is the nickel, or having the weak side say presumably the weak side safety, which would be, I think, where Javon is most weaponized, um, be Javon Holland. And what's the greater drop-off? Is the greater drop-off having Cater Kohu in the nickel and Eli Apple as the other outside corner opposite Zabin Howard? Or is the drop-off, drop-off greater with Brandon Jones and Deshaun Elliott as your two deeper safeties? And they'll be give and take there. I always, I would not be surprised if you see all of it, right? Um, but that that's kind of the, the decision the Dolphins are going to have to make. 616 number... Can you name a better head coach, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, and GM combo than the Dolphins? All right, you sent me a Google Sheet. Do I have access to this Google Sheet? Um, man, so I think about some of your home run coaching staffs in Philadelphia, even though they lost their coordinators with Howie Roseman, uh, Veach in Kansas City with Spagnolo, just kind of off the top of my head. Those are the two that come to mind for me that I think definitively are head and shoulders above the rest of the league, and it's not a coincidence that those teams uh, have played in the Super Bowl last year. Uh, I would say Miami, if you look at the entirety of the brain trust, is probably a top three third of the league at least based off of what we understand right now so that's fluid that will change annually but as of where we're at right now adding Vic Fangio into that mix uh, I do think it is an area of strength for the Dolphins our last question after seeing live and in person what are your thoughts on the new defensive scheme and the players we have for it I, I'm very excited Um I think if you if you told me that the Dolphins still had Jalen Ramsey, I would say my expectation is this is a top-three defense. Acknowledging that they don't have Jalen Ramsey, I think this is a top-ten defense in every major statistical area, and then when Jalen Ramsey comes back, whenever that may be, I think that's a huge boost and a huge catalyst that can really push this team uh, up to the next level. Uh, so I, I think, and, and that was alluded to by Mike McDaniel, Um, was Mike this, this is where going to training camp gets all the conversations get muddied together, but the conversation was Vic coming in and feeling like he can win now with these guys. And he's not wrong. Uh, I think you have a lot of really strong fits to what Vic Fangio wants to do. And we obviously heard from him yesterday with the media ability. And I would take the comments from Vic with a grain of salt. That's kind of just Vic, right? He has an elite standard for his players um coaches them hard and i i think quite frankly i think this dolphins team needs that to to strive to not be complacent for their potential that's gonna do it for this episode of locked on dolphins it is your team every day here on the Locked On network i hope you guys appreciated the mailbag make it a great rest of your day i will be back again soon for more dolphins football talk. so hit subscribe and we hope to see that fins up